Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Inside High School Sports is brought to you by Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri along with Francis Beck from WNY Athletics. Roger Weiss is in the house. Derek Kramer is producing. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Well, I use that term loosely when speaking about Roger. It's full go day, Tony. I didn't call you names. Why are you calling me names? You're always calling me names. People don't hear during the the breaks. The abuse I take in this place. Well, at least I am... Have the decency to do it off the air. Yes, like you, you do. You're I'll, wide open. I give you the cre- that credit, <laughs> Roger. Yeah, it's a great weekend. Uh, Little League football kicks off today. In fact, I think Eden and Hamburg are going at it. Uh, we have college football kicking off. NFL preseason football wrapping up. Next Saturday is scrimmage Saturday. That's a big one. And well, today's full go day. And full go day. The full pads are on today for the high school guys. They'll be hidden today. Yes, they look forward to that. Uh, and as I said, there's a uh, next week you really want to tune in because of all the different scrimmages, get a good look at some of the teams all at once. And then, of course, the week after that starts on Thursday, right? The yeah, it'll be a Thursday game, I believe. NT and Niagara Wheatfield at NT, I believe. All right, count me in. Then what do we have to do? We have to have a single order today because we got to be prepared for next Saturday when we're going to be Ready to judge a double order of wings? Oh, we're going to judge more than a double order of wings, Raj. <laughs> What's a double order? 20, right? 20, yeah. Last year we had 20, and uh, at least on, I don't know how you had it. I had a little Sitting bit more. Sitting at the picnic table, having them deliver the wings to you, you didn't have to walk around and... Uh, no, I did. I walk. What I do is, uh, and we're talking about Wing Fest that's coming up next week. What I like to do is walk around, see what's out there. I, I heard interviews with juicers during the week of uh, new places that'll be there, some uh, the standards that have uh, always been there. We'll go check those out. Because when I'm sitting down, I don't get to see. Or, or I don't know where the wings are coming from. When Roger walks around, he's judging them right at the booth. So, you know, he has to kind of smile and fake it if it's a bad wing. I don't. If it's a terrible wing, ah, ah gone. <laughs> In fact, uh, we're going to have to get in, uh, have a little uh, conversation with Drew. Two no-nos for this year's Wing Fest. Ranch dressing. No, this is Buffalo, New York. We don't, we don't cotton no ranch dressing with our wings. So we're going to have to talk to him about that. That and vegetarian wings. Francis, you in on vegetarian wings? Oh, that sounds He's awful. cringing. <laughs> That's I, right uh, up there with peanut butter and jelly wings. Burger. I did some, I hope you know, I did some, uh, my preparation for this goes back uh, almost a month. How's that? Well, last year we had this uh, hotel from Binghamton that came in and was one of the, uh, you know, contestants as far as judging wings. Mm-hmm. 
So this year when I went to Binghamton for the BCANY, I did go to the hotel to get an order of wings. Oh, really? So I've been starting early, Anthony. Did you tell them that you heard about it at Wingfest? Well, That's no, how I, you know, because uh, I had sent Drew a text because uh, I couldn't remember. I lost my paperwork I had from the uh, Wingfest, so I asked him where it was. He gave me the address, and uh, he said, uh, you know, make sure you mention the name and the Wingfest and all that. And uh, I could I could have eaten the wings on the house, but I settled for a— uh, Molson's Canadian. Nice. Good call there. So, hey. Yeah, even in Binghamton, that far, you know, the other border, the Pennsylvania-New York border, they have Molson's Canadian down there. Mm-mm-mm. Well, as I said, Little League football gets uh, kicking off today. Uh, my Niagara Falls Junior Football Club, Cobras, we open up tomorrow at 1 o'clock behind LaSalle Preparatory School on Buffalo Avenue against uh, TTFA, great organization. Really looking forward to that. Shout-outs to uh, head coach Chuck Fink, Bobby Dunn, Mark Nicoletti, Sal Manjone, Joe Fabiano, and congratulations to our assistant coach, Joe Kinney, who is getting married today at the Niagara Falls Air Force Base. So way to go, Joe. We're, uh, we're all happy for you. Is that before or after the football game? No, it's today. Tomorrow we play. So uh, he's going to miss out on the first two weeks of football. But uh, well, these people don't they can't they plan ahead? I mean, you know. it's just no thinking going in. But that's <sighs> if you know Joe Kinney, you'll understand why. <laughs> oh, <gee. laughs> Boy, I don't even slam doors that hard, Anthony. <laughs> well, Chuck got him, uh, you know, a lot worse than I did during the week. He said, "I'd like to congratulate our assistant coach, Joe Kinney. He finally graduated from high school." <laughs> oh man, that was rough. But anyway, it's time for news and notes, and I am going to kick this one off, Francis. Uh, the Booster Club of Williamsville North High School Cross Country team wanted me to tell you that they are having a car wash uh, today. It's at Williamsville North High School, and it is going on from now until 12 o'clock. So if you need your car wash, head on over to Williamsville North High School for a great cause fundraiser for Williamsville North High School Cross Country. All right, before we get into the current players, let's talk about a former one. St. Francis grad Jake Delagala made his NFL debut for the Bengals. He went 10 of 12 for 94 yards, two TDs, and no interceptions. Nice. How about congratulations to West Seneca West's Matt Myers, who has been named starting quarterback for UB. Now he's they, they listed the article I read listed him as a, fr- a redshirt freshman, but I saw him play in a game last week. So what is it? If they, you only play a little bit, you can still be redshirt. Yeah, they changed the rules for redshirt. Redshirts are now allowed to play something like three or four games or something like that, and you can still be considered a redshirt. And Derek's on the phone; he might know a little more. But yeah, so he's so he was still considered a redshirt, even though he got action last year. It makes sense because I know on an injury red shirt you could play at three games, maybe four. I don't know the number, but I mean, if you get hurt hurt early enough during the year, you and then get injured, uh, you could still be, you know, that can become a red shirt year. So oh. if you can do it with injuries, why can't you do it otherwise? Yeah, the experience there with the injury red shirts there, it's pretty much something to try to save some eligibility with these uh with these players especially when it's like a player that's younger into their college career especially you want to try to hold on to that eligibility and something uh, along those lines. Now, the fact that Matt played uh, I think it was a couple of snaps in one game last year. Yeah, so you, you can, can still redshirt. You can still manage to redshirt. I think there's uh I think you can get away with 
two games worth of wiggle room. I'm not sure on the eligibility rules verbatim. Okay. Because I remember when I watched him go in, and it was a garbage time of, of a game. And In fact, Matt scored a touchdown, but it was called back on a penalty. And like, what are they doing? They're supposed to be redshirting him. So, okay, cool. So he will be the uh, starting quarterback at, at uh, UB. Good luck to him. Anything else for news and notes? All right, I think that's about it. I, I think, think we got to get our uh, bigger news of the day. Or a couple big news. Yeah, there is. And uh, we're going to start off since today is we're previewing the uh, upcoming season. Last week we previewed Monsignor Martin. And uh, much thanks to Joe Licata, Bishop Time and head coach, for spending time with us, getting us up to date. Today we're going to talk eight-man football. We're going to look at uh, Class D and Class C. And if we have some time, we'll start with B, and then we'll continue next week. Okay, Francis. All right, so the big news this week, Wednesday night, Maple Grove decided to go to eight-man football. Uh, they announced that Wednesday evening they just didn't have the players. So they came in, uh, 19 players showed up on Monday, according to Coach Justin Hamp. Uh They were originally thinking about a merger, but they had 24 guys sign up, so they thought, you know, we were going to be fine. We can go Maple Grove only. Then again, only 19 showed up, and you know they made the decision. It would be it's it would be smarter for them to play eight man. It would be safer for them to play eight man football. So, so they joined Frewsburg as now we have two eight man teams. You know, I I have mixed emotions about it because I'm thinking that if I was a senior, I'd be extremely upset. Uh, you know. But then again, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to football. I don't know if today's kids would look at it the same way that I do, uh, but I'm just saying how I would feel. This is he did he did say his seniors took it real tough. But then again, the alternative is not playing. Right. So yeah, and I would rather do something than than nothing. So now, who will Frewsburg and Maple Grove play? That's the section kinda, five. Mostly section five teams. There's a lot of teams in northern New York. Um, I guess that's currently what they're trying to figure out. Interestingly enough, there was a um, week seven, there was an eight-man game scheduled between Frewsburg, who was already an eight-man, and Maple Grove. We were told a few weeks ago that that game was dropped and Frewsburg decided to play against an eight-man opponent. So they're still trying to figure out the schedule. Ken Stoll, uh, Section 6 football chairman, still trying to figure out the only... Um, te- only change that's been official so far is that CSP has filled their game up. Yeah, I was just going to ask yeah. what kind of a monkey wrench this threw into the schedule for Class D. Yeah, it was good have- that they could come up with that game because that's the first game that was uh, Maple Grove was scheduled to play. They were scheduled to open up. In fact, early in March, they had an article in the news, CSP Maple Grove rematch in the opener. Fortunately... You know, cheese sausage pepperoni was able to find an opponent. Anthony, my viewpoint on this is, and, you know, it's just me, why not at the 11th hour combine Maple Grove and Frewsburg? They could play the what would be, you know, comparable to the Maple Grove schedule through the years, through throughout the season, excuse me, uh, as far as, you know, they would be playing Class D opponents, but they would not be eligible for Class D because if you combine the two schools, they would fall, you know, even under the formula, they would fall into schools, this C classification. Yeah. So fine, 
But if you still let them play that schedule out and they can play consolation, you know, in the consolation bowls, they can still get to play nine games in regular 11-man football. Yeah, but they wouldn't have playoffs then, so it kind of... Okay, but don't you think the seniors, especially the seniors, even if... Okay, so they can't qualify for the state championship, but at least they could play a season of... Uh, 11-man football. Now, if they're going to play 8-man football, are they going to play for a state championship in 8-man? Is there such an animal? Is there even I, a playoff for 8-man? That's my point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know a lot of the te- I There's a fair amount of teams. I want to say there's at least a half dozen, maybe a dozen. So they might have something, although it's going to be tough. I think the other thing that I think why some of these teams go to 8-man is, you know, or they want to be on their own is because of school pride. And yes. they like being on their own. And I know it's their understand there's some logistical issues with kids moving from, you know, having to go from one school to another for practice. But well, it um, sure didn't seem to bother uh, cheese, sausage, and pepperoni last year. All they did was win a state championship. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so serious. No, I, yeah, I think no, about you're it. Saying, you know. Roger. I, Roger, I hear what you're saying, and I it fully understand. It just boggles my mind. Well, maybe it's something that uh, will be looked at in the future. Maybe it has to do with just a timing issue right now. I don't know. We, we, we're not there. We're not privy to the discussions. I just feel so, so we're bad just speculating. for these kids at yeah. both schools that have to play eight men. Especially the seniors. And maybe it'll wind up being uh, the best thing. Maybe the kids will, will play it, discover that it's a lot of fun, and you know they'll have the time of their lives. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see map-wise throughout the state how many eight-man teams there are. Where are they primarily located? Is, is it a? Uh, it's it's a lot of northern New York. So a lot of you know smaller areas, smaller communities are. Going to eight man, right? You're not going to see it in Nassau. In yeah, Long you're Island. not going to see it in the no. middle of Syracuse. Well, you don't or... even see Class D schools in no, Nassau. And I'm yeah. aware of. Uh, no, but they say Section Five. That supposedly that's what Frewsburg is playing. You know, other than the, the originally scheduled game against Maple Grove, they were playing Section Five schools. How far north is that? Lake Ontario is a border. All right, let's yeah. get uh, get into looking oh, at. But uh, real quick, just oh, I want to. There's a lot of speculation out there in social media. The only game that's actually been scheduled is that Geneseo. Uh, it's uh, hosting CSP. That's the only game that's been rescheduled so far. Okay. All right, let's take a look at Class D. Uh, we're looking at uh, Cataraugus, Cataraugus Little Valley, uh, Franklinville, uh, Salamanca, Randolph. Uh, CSP, as Roger alluded to. So uh, CSP, I mean, CSP, uh, Class D is pretty tough. And, and you got uh, several good teams. You have teams with, uh, you know, returning, uh, veteran players returning. Let's break that down, Francis. All right, we'll start with the state champions, uh, CSP, Wolfpackers, like you to call them, cheese, sausage, pepperoni. Uh, they returned five starters, but they lose their entire offensive line. So that hurts. Be, yeah, that really hurts. They do return Garrett Hinsdale and then 6'4 wide receiver Cameron Barmore. So I I think they're going to be okay. They're still the team to beat, but it's going to be tougher this year for the Wolfpack. Well, when you Plus lose, that, the bullseye's on their back. Yeah. Well, like I say, you lose the whole offensive line. You know, Now you're going to really find out how good Hinsdale and Barmore are. Can they survive with a revamped offensive line? Hey, you don't, but what we don't know is the guys that are coming up filling those uh, spots – you know, uh, they could be better. You never know. We have to see them in action. 
Okay, go ahead, Francis. Franklinville, Ellicottville, they moved down from Class C to Class D, where they usually are. They went 5-5 five and five last year, won the Chuck Funky Bowl. They returned nine starters on each side of the ball. That's big. Yeah, and they returned QB Logan Frank, who started last year as a sophomore. Coaching change, uh, Jason Marsh and Chad Bartoszak switched spots uh, between Salamanca and Franklinville, Ellicottville. So they could they're they're supposed to be really good this year. I think it's going to be CSP and uh, Franklinville Elkinville in the final. Well, you look at you've got the recipe of uh, veteran players coming back, uh, continuity at quarterback, and you have veteran coaching. That's a, that's a real good recipe. Uh, I, I got a question. It'll stir up a hornet's nest. Oh no! Oh, this will no. surprise you, Anthony. Me stirring up a hornet's nest. Mm-hmm. Okay, two years ago. Evil Frank went as far as they did, right? Right. And they were said, "Look, if you're going to combine the schools and they're going to be there too good, we got to move them up to Class C, right? Right. Now they're back down to Class D. Correct. The question before us: Why wasn't CSP moved up to uh, Class C this year? For the same reason. He's got to do it every yep. week. I don't oh. have a good answer for you, Roger. We'll get back to you on that. Roger. Inquiring minds want to know, Anthony. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, <laughs> troublemaker. Go ahead, Francis. Thank you. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> Salamanca, um, as I said, they have Chad Bartosik coming over from Evil Frank. They went 4-5 and five last year. Uh, they returned five starters on each side of the ball. Key returnees, Cody Shinners, Jarrett McKenna, and Lucas McKenna. Randolph, uh, they, of course, were combined with Frewsburg last year. They went 6-3 and three and playing in Class D, just missed the playoffs. Uh, they returned two starters only on each side of the ball. Their key returnees are Tyler Hind, Josh Brown, and Alex Finch. Okay, as far as the playoffs, when you get to Class D, Anthony, uh, all the teams make the playoffs. Originally, it was when it was six teams, I guess it would have been in Week 8. Teams 1 and 2 would have drawn a bye. Uh, uh, the third-place finisher would play the sixth-place finisher. The fourth play the fifth. Winner of 4-5 would have played 1 in Week 9. Winner of 3-6 would have played 2 in Week 9. Now, I'm only assuming that uh, 2 will play 5. I'm sorry, 4 will play 5 in Week 8. And then the winner there will play 1, and 2 will still play 3 in Week 9. It makes a lot of sense. All right, before we get into uh, Class C. Oh, North, we got one more team. Oh, we do? Yeah, Cataraugus Little Valley. Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> uh, they went 1-8 last year, played in Class D, returned five starters on each side of the ball, returned Vinny, Garscarella, and Hunter Fuel. That's the one thing that we noticed throughout Class D is most of the teams have a good amount of returning players. And you want to see that. You know, you don't want the cover to be empty going into the season. All right, so when we come back, we're going to get into Class C. Uh, You're listening to Inside High School Sports. We'll be back with more after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All 
We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri, along with Francis Beck from WNY Athletics. Mr. Roger Weiss in studio as well. We're previewing the upcoming season. We're taking a look at uh, Class D. Uh, we just wrapped that up. Going to get into Class C. You had something that you wanted to throw out before we got into uh, C's, uh, Francis. Yeah, we've been uh, talking. Frank and I have been talking to Cardinal Hare. They're having a little trouble with numbers this season. Uh, they have about 25, 24, 25 guys, so they should be okay for their first game. But they're really trying to get more players. And if you know if they get hit with an injury bug next week with scrimmage Saturday, or you know some sort of virus comes through, you know their first game could really be in jeopardy. So if you're at Cardinal O'Hare and you're thinking about coming out for football, do it now's the time to do it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. In fact, one of the kids that played last year at our league at Niagara Falls Junior Football Club, I had heard he was going to O'Hara. Extremely talented kid, so uh, they may have to get some of the younger kids on there. Do they have a JV, or would JV be in jeopardy? Yeah, they always have a JV. I haven't heard anything that I haven't heard specifically about their JV or what they would do with that, but uh, that'll be interesting. Something to keep our eye out for sure. Let's talk about Class C North and start off with Akron. Yeah, they're coached by Andrew Klaus. They went 4-4 four and four last year, lost in the quarterfinals, returned five starters in the off, on the offense, seven on defense. Uh, they have to replace two big guys in Millard Young and Brandon Orr this year, and we'll see. They're going to try to maybe take that next step this year, You know, win a postseason game, and see if they can get to the stadium. Sure, yeah, I'm sure that's everybody's goal is to get to the stadium. Uh, now you're talking about a team coming up next, Cleve Hill. Uh, veteran coach, he's done it all in his career. He's had an amazing career at that. Great program. What could you tell us about uh, Cleveland Hill? Yeah, they returned five starters on each side of the ball. They do lose uh, two big horses, Aaron, Aaron Waller and Javon Thomas. They'll be tough to replace. Um, they do have Chris Diem coming back, who's their fullback. Uh, they're going to try to feature him as their running back. And then they have a, a interesting QB competition going on between Hassan Sanders Jr. and Jaden Wilson, so watch out for that. And then they have this really nice wide receiver, Thomas Johnson, uh, for the Golden Eagles. One thing you think about Cleve Hill, they've had a pipeline of talent going into the school for a number of years. I don't think replacing players is as big a deal anymore. When not at Cleveland, yeah. it isn't. Not at all. You, you just know, keep churning them out. Says, it's just, okay, who's next? Oh, it's going to be oh, it's it a is. rebuilding year. I says, yeah, tell Glenn Graham that. There's no such animal. He doesn't uh, rebuild, he reloads. Exactly. Uh, let's see, where are we now? Let's go to uh, JFK. Yeah, they went 2-7 and seven last year, but they returned eight starters in offense, seven on defense. They also bring back their dual-threat QB, Jack Slyden, who, threw, who accounted for over 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns. So watch. they also returned their other leading rusher, uh, Santonio Emery. So they could be big this year. Uh, expect them to make the playoffs and maybe make some noise. When you talk about you know a team that's bringing uh, back uh, players, guys that started with you know offense and defense, it's great and all, but do they put the work into the off season to make themselves that much better? You know, it's one thing to say you're a returning starter, but what did you do to get better? And that's where uh, we what we need to find out. Did they do enough to get better? Uh, the Roy Hart Rams, the next team, they've broken away from Barker. So 
Uh, they're on a divorce. Yeah, divorce. I don't know if divorce is the right term. But separation. It's not an official divorce; just a legal separation at this point. Got it. <laughs> Who's got custody? They're, Who's uh, got custody of the football? <laughs> right now, it's Groyard. They have the. Um, they're coached by Marcus Weiss, and they return Charlie Brunning, Charlie Bringham, Ian Whitford, and Walter Samaka. Is uh, Roy Hart, I mean, excuse me, Parker hooking on with some Section 5 team? What about they the kids? With, I'm looking for with, Parker. Where are they? Uh, they might be either with Medina or they're with a Section 5 team. We'll have to check once we get yes. to the Bs. Uh, Bar- uh, Medina, Barker, Lindenville. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ed Parker. Thank you. Next up is Silver Creek Forestville, who plays in the north, as Frank point, as Roger pointed out. They are not in the north geographically. Uh, they're coached by Sean Helmer. Uh, went two and six last year, returned seven starters. I was going to say they do have some veterans coming back. Yeah, including An- Angel Carbello, Dom Jameson, and Sam Brodick. Um, they will. Um, Dom Jameson will take over at quarterback. They're so they're an interesting team. They'll they'll bring some athleticism and uh, upset somebody along the way. So never sleep on Silver Creek. Wilson's an interesting team. Obviously, we know Bill Atlas very well. I oh, love Bill Atlas. Let me tell you something. Coach is building a great program at Wilson. This year, they're debuting their brand-new facility. Yeah. Let me tell you something. It looks gorgeous. Absolutely. I don't think it's quite finished yet, close to it, but what I've seen so far is it's beautiful. It's a great place to play, great environment. I get excited whenever we go down to Wilson to play. It's, I love going down there. And Wilson's one of those schools that is super competitive in every sport. They're going to bring it. Look what they did to Southwestern. They almost knocked off Southwestern a year ago in that semifinal. Twice, actually. Well, I know. I had, the one I had in mind was the semifinal. <laughs> no, they actually played them both in the semifinal the past two seasons. Oh, oh two years in a row. Yeah, right. two years in a row, the game come down by less than a score. And you're talking about what, a Southwestern team that had uh, Snyder? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> they're, they're for real, yeah. Sure. All right, I know you, you might not. Uh, go ahead. They keep... return eight starters in each side of the ball. As, I, as we said, they went to the sectional semifinals. But they're two big losses. Marcel Wilson, their receiver, and then of course Steve Frerichs, the tough quarterback who is now playing at SUNY Morrisville. So Anthony, I'm sure you agree that uh, Coach uh, Atlas will be able to uh, map out a strategy to, uh, you know, be very competitive. I'm sure he will. That <laughs> went right over your head. Yeah, it did. Atlas map out a strategy. <laughs> All right, I, I get it. Oh. <sighs> Wow, I, I guess wish you, there's an eject button I could just hit. And I guess boom, you, there I guess he's you gone. had to be there. <laughs> it's too early in the morning for that, Raj. Go ahead, Francis. Let's continue. All right, let's go to the south. Yes. Allegheny Limestone. Uh, they went 2-6 and six last year, but they suffered an injury to their quarterback, Thomas Callen, in the first game of the year. So it was a rough year for them. When he came back, they won two of their last three games. Sometimes and, it is so difficult to replace, you know, if you don't have the depth, you know, this is the, the one thing that the smaller schools face. You don't have the depth at the bigger schools. It's sometimes very difficult to replace a starter, especially in a key position. Yeah, they return uh, six starters on each side of the ball, and um, Kalen's father, Tom Kalen, takes over as coach this year. Chautauqua Lake, Westfield, Brockton, Thunderbirds, uh, they that's are now, a mouthful. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Um, they're going to be coached by Brian 
Bon Giovanni. He takes over for Kurt Fisher. They return six starters total. Uh, they returned Ryan Jafari, Caleb Shelton, Zach Barton, Ryan Barabu, Brandon Rowe, and Nick Putcher. Andrew Barabo should be a uh, serious contestant for the uh, Trench Trophy. He was uh, on. Uh, he was on our, uh, you know, underclassman watch a year ago. Number ninety-nine for Chautauqua Lake. The Chautauqua Lake. That whole situation still boggles my mind, Anthony. Uh, you know, Kurt Fisher was what two twenty-five and forty-nine over twenty-five, twenty-six years. What it is, and they decided not to renew his contract because they want to go in a different direction. Why would you want to go on a different direction from a coach who was 225 and 49? Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. I'm missing something here. Yeah. All right, we'll go to Casadega Valley Falconer. Uh, Falconer High School just installed a new turf on their um, on their field, and the Golden Cougars with no, nothing more than to play a, a home playoff game on it. They went 4-4 four and four last year, returned six starters on each side of the ball, returned Jace Johnson, Colin Maurer, and Mac Muka. However, they do lose two really big pieces, Robbie Penhallow and Connor Crabtree. Those names are very familiar from a year ago. <laughs> Fredonia, they, of course, have Jake Skinner, not Jeff Skinner, who had a fantastic offseason. They went 8-1 and one last year, fell in the Class B semifinals. They also return Alex Christie and Dalton Gardner. They do lose their quarterback, Trey Swartz, and their running back, Joel Cologne, who I believe was like a top-five rusher last season. So I would imagine, I would still imagine Fredonia is going to be very good this year. They could be the favorites to win the C-South Especially when, when they're home. Their fans are so passionate. They're really into uh, Fredonia football. So uh, tough place to play when you're a visitor. And they did get eliminated by, uh, you know, Riggerman and the Pioneer crew. It's not like they got beat by a team they had no business losing. Exactly. They were very good. Sure. Very good. Uh, Gowanda Pine Valley moves down from Class C North. Uh, they returned three starters. They went 5-3 and three last year. Their key returnees are Shelton Bellinger, Zach Phillips, Ethan Fort, Ray Nephew, and Everett Golden. And uh, Portville, their team to watch out for. Uh, Josh Brooks enters his second year. They only went three and six last year, but they made it to the Chuck Funky Bowl Championship game in Class C. They return nine starters on offense, ten on defense. Wow! Yeah, they're going to be really loaded this year. Uh, QB Mike Stillman returns for his senior season. He'll be joined in the backfield by running back linebacker Jaden last year and senior. Ronald Thompson. Were they one of those teams that just got better as the year went on? You know, yeah, they got better as the got year went on. Role and, and, you know, they were very young. I would, Coach Brooks sent his questionnaire. They were even pointing out they were very young that last year and they gained a lot of experience. So they were able to carry that momentum in the, into this year. Watch out for the Panthers. Yeah, absolutely. You, you have that kind of uh, numbers return, and you have to be considered as one of the favorites. And then finally, the Southwestern Trojans have been the king of Class E South for a long time, and they may stay there. They return seven offensive starters, nine on defense. Of course, we know they lose Cole Snyder, who's competing for the number three QB job at Rutgers, mm-hmm. and Alex Card, who's playing the next level as well. But they could be okay. Um, sophomore Aiden Kennedy, he looked good at the Lancaster 7-on-7 passing. And what they did with him last year is whenever Southwestern got a lead, they would put try to put him in in the second quarter rather than wait till the end. Mm-hmm. So he got some bona fide snaps against some 
starters last year. So he 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 could be in pretty good shape, and this Southwestern team could be, you know, again, they return most of their starting lineup, could be very good. And they're one of those teams that, one of those schools, they put the work in in the offseason. Oh, yeah. They, there's no slouching around there. They put the work in, so it's never a surprise to see or hear that they are considered one Jay of the top teams. Jay Crick will have them ready. Yeah, Believe absolutely. me when I tell you. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into uh, B4 before we start the go into our break. And uh, this one is really interesting <laughs> for me. Go ahead, Francis. Yeah, so we had, you know, Class B, again, 20 teams, four divisions, meaning their teams only need three wins to get into the playoffs if they do it against their league opponents. So keep that in mind this year. Alden, 1-9 this year, six starters returning. Of course, they have that blue, that beautiful blue turf that I know Tony Beautiful? Hates. Oh, God. <laughs> no disrespect to you guys, but I can't handle a blue field. I'm sorry. I'm weird like that. Yeah, right. hey, uh, whoever designed that must be from Kentucky. What can we say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they return Lucas Bush, Jason Mason, and Joe Hammer. Next up, Burgard. Hur, hur, hur. They're coached by Jason Kolb. They went 3-5 and five last year, falling in the first round of the Chuck Funky Bowl. They returned six starters, uh, including Brandon McNeil and Sincere Jefferson this year. They'll have a tough time replacing Dexter Lee and Antonio Norwood. Eden North Collins, coached by Rick Weber. They went 3-5 and five last year, just missing the Class B playoffs, but they returned six starters, and they feel really happy about their wide receiving core with Tyler Robinson, Brandon Halleck, and Hunter Stoltz. Uh, we should mention... Oh, you're not done with before. My bad. Go ahead, Francis. All right, this next team. The kid you probably haven't heard of, but you should have, Jaden Hears of Newfane. He led the section running among all underclassmen last year, uh, running for over 1,200 yards, 12 TDs. Uh, Newfane went 5-4, and four, won the Chuck Funky Bowl, returned seven starters, including Hears, Josh Everett, and Dylan Finch. Did you see the size of him, by the way? I saw I I saw a picture of him. He looked bigger than I thought. Six one two forty. Jeez, that's a truck. Yeah, it is. It really is. Wow. <laughs> go ahead. And then finally, we'll go with Tanawanda. Um, they're coached by Joe Kelly. Uh, real quick, quick story. They actually last night went down to Pennsylvania and watched one of their former players who had to transfer, unfortunately, because of family obligations. They actually. The coaches and some of the players took a two-hour drive just to watch him. Wow. So, yeah, you can see that. Um, I think that's on Facebook. Their coach, Sean Mangold, put that up. They returned nine starters in offense, eight on defense. They returned their fullback, Jason Fraser, and they've been on an upward climb since Joe Kelly took over this program. Uh, th- this team could be very good this year. They're going to be competing for this division, if not a playoff spot. What I like is that they've brought their numbers up and not only did they bring their numbers up, but they've got kids that have bought into off-season workouts, and I think that's super important, and uh, that bodes well for them. All right, yeah. let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll get into more of the bees. Don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follows us at eleven o'clock. Lots of Bills talk to go on, so keep it locked right here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. Sorry about that. I was explaining to Francis some of my defensive calls that I'm going to use tomorrow. 
We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Sports Talk Saturday follows us at 11 o'clock. A lot of uh, Buffalo Bills conversation going on here. WGR Sports Radio 550. Roger Weiss, yes, you had your hand up. Yeah, I just want to, uh, you know, Frank said something earlier about the... Uh, Francis. No, that's Francis. Francis. Francis uh, Beck, Roger Weiss. Roger Weiss, Francis Beck. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Damn glad to meet you. <laughs> uh, Class president. <laughs> from glad Animal House, yes. remember that? <laughs> okay. Uh, you only have to win three games, division games, to qualify for the playoffs. Right. But after that's all said and done now, you have eight teams, four first-place teams, four second-place teams. They also have crossover, what they call crossover games for their non-league games during the year. While they do not affect whether you make the playoffs in first or second, they will affect, affect your the, seating. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so in sense. other words, the crossover games, those will you determine which of the uh, top four teams are seeds one through four and which of the second place teams are seeds five through eight. So all those games do have playoff implications to some extent. Sure. So there's no load management going on in Class B this year. Exactly. Okay, let's see. Before the break, we left off with... Uh, B4, we're in the B3 now. Okay, let's do it. All right, Albion, the Purple Eagles, went 8-1 last year, fell in the Section 6 Class B semifinals to, of course, Chitawaga. They returned four starters, including Brilliance Johnson and Thomas Vermansky. They have a, they'll have a tough time replacing Bryce Pitchard and Eugene Harrison. Depew, head, head coached by Mark Dorenzio, they went 2-7 and seven last year, returned seven starters, including P.J. Burns and Matt Russo. Uh, they have two big losses in QB Joe Pagano and Dante Dorenzio. Nate Kulish will take over at quarterback. Lackawanna, they're coached by Adam Tardiff. Uh, remember, they had that big start to the year, I think, their QB... Jeremiah Kevinis broke a few school records. Uh, they went four and five last year, fell in the Class B quarterfinals. Uh, they'll have to replace Kevinis uh, and Jawan Rodriguez. They returned Demarion Johnson, Javon Morales, and Drew Kowalski. Olean, coached by Vil Vecchio, four and four last year, fell in the Class B quarterfinals, returned six stars on offense, five on defense. Although they'll have a tough time losing a kid named Alec Weekfall, who I understand was pretty good on the basketball court, if my memory serves me correct. Name is familiar. Uh, Springville, West Valley, our final team in B3, coached by Mark Kirchingberger. They went 0-10 last year, returned five starters. Uh, their key players will be Nick Emick, David Thompson, Aaron Kesor, and Mason Field, they'll have to replace um, Big Piece and Sean Barry. Go ahead. Th- that's it. That's all, right, all let's for move B3. B two is I'm looking at I'm looking at a lot of letters in there. That's what I'm looking at. When we look at some of the combined schools, you really gotta focus because you're breaking it down to a lot of letters with several schools combining. Which usually we see at the lower levels in C and D, not so much in B. Yeah, they're starting to in B, so it just depends on numbers and everything. All right, B two Dunkirk Marauders uh, went six and two last year, lost in the Class B quarterfinals. They only returned three starters on each side of the ball, including Phil Messina and Devin Land. Uh, they have a big loss in Quatavius Quackley, and they had one of their 
the guy who was supposed to take over at running back, Tawan Wright, transfer out. He's now at Southwestern. Uh, Iroquois, a team that went 3-6. and six. I thought they kind of maybe disappointed just a little bit, uh, but they returned 11 starters. They were quite young a year yeah, ago. Yeah, they were quite young. Um, Blake Gillen, John Poole, Karkin, Marchberger. Um, so they're back. They should be better, but they do lose their quarterback, Ethan Harebold. Maryville Flyers, Connor Desiderio is entering his not third, his fourth year as the starting quarterback for the Flyers. I know. It just seems like he's been a QB forever. <laughs> he really has. Um, Great baseball player, too. Yeah. Tom Prince was here. He'd tell you that. Uh, they returned four starters on each side of the ball. Uh, he loses a lot of of key skill guys, including Rashad Law, Jay Henley, and then linemen Sincere Middlebrooks and Austin Majewski. Uh, they they should compete for the they, they should be the favorites to win the division still at this point. Wait a second. Now, since I mentioned uh, Tom Prince, I forgot to say this earlier. Happy birthday to Jordan Prince. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right, Medina. Francis, is it just me? Or it just seems that uh, B2 is by far the toughest division in uh, uh, the four divisions. It seems to me that uh, three of those teams, any one of them could probably be a candidate for first place in any of the other three divisions. It just seems to be the most, how do you want to say it? I don't know if unbalanced is the correct word. but Well, they, seems they to did be it by school size, so, I mean, there's no other. They could have done it by geography. I, I know. They look very strong this year. Although you only have the fact that one of those teams is not one or possibly even two between Dunkirk, Maryvale, Medina, and Iroquois. And having said that, I don't know how good uh, you know the combined charter schools are, but those seem to be like some pretty good teams. Two of which will not qualify for the playoffs. All right, Medina. uh, They went four and five last year. They're joined on with Lindenville and Barker. Uh, now, they started the season 3-0, but in week four, they lost a tough over- overtime game to Olean and lost their next four games. Uh, they lose about half of their starting lineup, including QB Isaiah Rim. They return Brian Fry and Tyler Chin. And then finally, in B2, uh, Western York Maritime Charter Health Sciences, the Commodores. That's a mouthful. Yeah. They'll be coached by Ty Parker this year. Charlie Comerford had to step away. He'll still be on the sidelines and as an assistant. Uh, they returned seven starters, uh, including John Washington and Gian Washington. I think they're going to be pretty good this year. This is just their second season. Yeah, it's just their second season, and they were in that tough A3 division last right. year with South Park, West Seneca East, and I think they played South Park, you know, 12-0. You know, they were down to them only 12-0, so... They could be very good in B2 this year. All right, let's uh, save B1 for next week when we'll get into uh, B1. We'll uh, take a look at A's, double A's. We'll talk uh, playoff format and, and all that other stuff, things to look for. So there's a whole lot more coming up in the, in uh, next week. And, as, of course, we'll talk about the scrimmage Saturday, get you lined up, get as many of the games as we can. If you go to our Facebook page and you want to promote – your scrimmage or you know you know who's partake, partaking where please post it there so that uh, fans of Western New York football can get a glimpse maybe uh, figure out if they want to go watch a scrimmage uh, next week or not best of luck to all the youth teams who are starting this weekend I hope you guys have a successful safe and healthy season most importantly have 
fun. That's what this is all about. Having fun, teaching the fundamentals of football, and wins come after that. So uh, best of luck to everybody out there. And uh, we are done for the day. I'm on vacation, so I'm going to enjoy the week off. Get in some R&R. Don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follows us. Nate Geary coming up next. A lot of Buffalo Bills talk headed your way right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.